worthy. Say amen. amen. Praise the Lord. I love that song, and I love the book of Revelation upon which uh, a great majority of it is based. I've actually been, uh, along with my D group, meeting and, or excuse me, reading in the book of Revelation just this past week. And so that song uh, hits, uh, hits home because my quiet times this week have been related to that. So I'm going to finish up a, uh, a six-week series. We're not going to be in King Jesus Starts next week. That's a new series that I'm starting, uh, so it's a good advertisement for that. I'm going to finish up today. I'm going to finish up a six-week series on Christian family. We looked at three weeks of Christian marriage, and now I'm going to finish up the last sermon in three weeks of Christian parenting. We've looked at the importance of Christian parenting and how we bear a big responsibility as parents in shaping our children into people who love God. Well, in this sermon, we're going to look at some things that I think are going to be relevant to a lot of us and, and, and really might help some of us where we personally are right now, not just with kids. We're, we're going to look at some questions. We're going to consider some questions that are just, I guess you would say, just the basic questions of life and uh, how children should find answers to these questions in the home. And these are questions, you're going to hear me use this word a lot, these are questions of identity. Here's some of these questions that maybe you've asked yourself, that I know that you have asked yourself at some point, especially whenever you were young. These are probably questions that many of your children who still live at home are asking. I know that maybe a lot of these teenagers on the front row and a lot of these college students on the front row over here are probably asking, who am I? What is, what, what is my purpose? Why, why am I here on the earth? Do I belong anywhere? Is there a place where I connect and belong? What am I to become? You ever asked a child that before? What do you want to be when you grow up? That's a, that's a deep question. What am I to become? Do I matter? Does anyone love me? You know, these, are, these questions and questions like it are things that your children are going to ask themselves. These are questions that if you're an adult, you probably asked yourself whenever you were young. And these may be questions that you still wrestle with now, even though you've been an adult for a long time, because these are questions of identity. You know, it's funny, every generation kind of has their own, their own little identity. When I, when I was growing up, I grew up in Mississippi. When I was growing up, you were really identified in three major categories. You were either a prep, a hood, or a redneck. Now, uh, don't be guessing as to which one I was, but uh, you know, some of you might think I'm more redneck than anything. Uh, but when I, when, I was, when I was growing up, I, I, I actually was a hood. All right, where are all my 1980s folks in here? All right, I, to, to be honest, I was, really, I was really more of a headbanger, you know, the mullet, you know, untucked black t-shirts that said Megadeth. Yeah, that was me, unfortunately. And somewhere along the line, after I got saved, I thought I might need to be a prep. So I started tucking my polo shirts into my khaki pants. Uh, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm still a little bit of all three of those. Maybe I'm part redneck, part hood on the inside, and maybe a little bit, little bit prep on the outside sometimes. But th th it really wasn't that complicated. It, it really wasn't that complicated when I was growing up. And if you think back to those of you who were older than me, who grew up in the 70s, 60s, 50s, and even, it, it just wasn't that complicated. It gets so, com like, 
identity, who am I, answering these questions gets so complicated for some young people today. And when I was growing up, it was really simple. What you drove and the music you listened to would really identify who you are. I mean, people put you in a category according to, according to those things. So now, uh, kids these days, with social media becomes even more difficult. Things are becoming a lot more eclectic. And then culture is just changing. It's changing so much. I mean, listen, even the way kids talk these days is just, is just a lot different. Like they have language and they have words that we just didn't, we just didn't use. When I was growing up, I mean, we used words like cool. We used words like dude. And much to surprise of some of our teenagers, we used the word bruh. You see, this, this generation right here, they think that they were the first people to use the word bruh. But the truth is, listen, Loki, we were using it before they were ever born. That is all facts, no cab. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now. Look, my listen, my teenagers told me that I ought to, you know, I ought to learn some more slang. And so I was like, bet. <laughs> I was like, I can totally do that, man. Maybe my sermons won't be mid anymore. My son would be over, you know, kids be dapping me up in the lobby and all. I mean, I'll, next thing you know, I'll be having me some drippy clothes and I'll be fire. Now, listen, I know what some of you are thinking right now. Some of you are thinking a 50-year-old man talking like that is sus. <laughs> but I'm warning you, you get salty with me and I'm going to gather up some deacons and we're going to yeet you out of the church. And Kelly, uh, Kelly, I think, really likes it, man, because when I talk like this at home, she tells me I got riz. I don't even, I don't even really know what that means. You all have no idea how much I had to practice that. You have no idea. And here's the funny part. I was, listen, I was terrified to use those words in the first service, but they all got it. I think they're just more hip and cool uh, than, than, than I am. In all seriousness, though, but I mean, like, you think about some of the things that kids these days face that we just didn't face, and it's always changing, and things can get really, really difficult as parents. Uh, someone told me, I didn't see it myself, but someone told me after the first service that in the Herald Citizen this week, and maybe some of you saw this, that it said that there are more tech students that are taking advantage of mental health services than ever before. Anybody else see that? I didn't, I, didn't see that uh, I didn't see that ad in the paper, but I believe it because surveys show that mental health tops the concerns of parents, but also seven, this is amazing, seven out of ten teenagers surveyed said that anxiety and depression are major concern for their generation and for the, or, or for their peers. Now you add to this, all the, all the gender dysphoria and identity, I identify as this and that and who, I mean, 
it's, it's bigger than that. Understanding who we are, having an identity is bigger than just gender. But gender confusion and dysphoria has really messed with it. And this is being pushed upon our kids everywhere. The LGBTQ plus agenda is being pushed uh, everywhere. So parents, how do, we, how do we confidently help our children understand who they were created to be? How do, how do we help them to answer these questions? All right, listen, there's, there's really three ways that I can think of that we do this. The first is uh, we tell them to look within. We say things like, well, just follow your heart. Can I tell you that's bad advice? The Bible says that your heart is deceitfully wicked. Your heart will lead you to do all types of things. Or we can tell them, hey, just look around. I mean, just find out where you fit in this world. We just kind of turn them out into the wild and we say, you know, just look to academics or culture or peer groups and just find where, just look around and find where you fit in the world. The problem with that is the Bible tells us what's in the world. In 1 John, it says the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, all that is in the world, it doesn't come from the Father. The Bible tells us don't be conformed to the image of the world tells us to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And the world's always changing. And so do I want my identity to constantly be changing up and down? No. So what we need to do is we need to personally and also teach our children, we need to look up to God. And the way we do that is we look in His Word and we allow God to declare over us who we are. God's the one that tells us our identity. He is the one through his word. He has revealed to us who we are called to be, who we are to become, who we are to be like. He has given us our identity in scripture. And parents, I don't want to oversimplify it today. I know what I know that your kids are I know that your kids are struggling with all of these types of issues more than ever before. But I believe that God has given us a framework in Scripture. We cannot just turn our children out into the wild and let them figure it out on their own. We have to direct them to the Word of God, and we have to speak over them the truth that God has given. And so our homes are to be the place where kids learn about life, they learn about identity, and find their purpose. And there's just no, there's, there's so many passages I could have looked at today. But there's one today in 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 through 3. And when you find that passage in your Bible or on your phone or on your device, would you stand with me? I want us to, look, I want us to read this passage and read it carefully. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 through 3. Though very simple, I believe just, there's just some, some profound information here that describes who we are and who we need to help our children to be. Look what it says. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not recognize us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we're God's children now and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in himself 
purifies himself as he is pure. Let's pray. God, I pray that you would do something amazing through these Bible verses today. I pray, Lord, that you would do something significant through the preaching of your word today. I pray, God, you would do something that I am incapable of doing. I pray, God, that you would enlighten minds, that you would encourage hearts, that you would strengthen faith, and that you would raise the dead. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. In this passage, it's interesting, in this passage we, we see things like, who are we to become? Who are we? What's our purpose? We, we find these very things embedded in, in the, the simple words of, these pas- of this passage and, and these few verses. We, we, we find the in, in germinal form kind of contained therein. And it all circumnavigates, in my mind, around one phrase, and that is the fact that we are children of God. We are children of God. I cannot think of a better identity for a human being than them perceiving and knowing inside of themselves that they are children of God. You know, whenever I meet a young person, if I, if I see, let's say I see a, a junior high or a high school student that I don't know and I meet him in the hallway, one of the first things that I ask them is, who is your mom and dad? That's kind of an, an identifier to me. You know, who, who, who are your parents? Do your parents go here? And that kind of gives me a little bit of understanding as to who they are as kids by looking at the parents. And I think that we intuitively know that as parents, that our children kind of carry forward our identity in some respect. And I think that probably children feel the weight of living up to that responsibility, that, you know, what I say and what I do has a reflection on mom and dad. And mom and dad, maybe you've even said that to your children before. You've even said, you know, um, hey, what you do is a reflection on me. Or maybe your child has been complimented before and said, wow, uh, that's, that's really neat. What you just said and did is so mature, and they might have thought in their mind, you know, you have a great mom and dad, you know, you have good, you know, you have good home training, so to speak. I mean, there's an identity as far as, as far as whose offspring that we are. I mean, in, in a general sense. But the important thing in this verse is not who our mother or our father or our grandparents are or our great-grandparents are or our cousins or our sisters and the identity that we have with our physical family. What we see in this passage is that we find a certain identity within God's family being his child. How, How do you see yourself? When you think about yourself and when you see yourself, how do you perceive yourself? Do you, do you perceive yourself the way that the world sees you according to your race and your nationality, your social standing? Do you, do you try to see yourself according to who you want to be? You know, some fake pro, uh, projection on, on social media? Or do you see yourself as God sees you? Listen, if you know Jesus, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of identifiers that we could put on you, a lot of labels that we could put upon you, disciple, Christian. But there's something about child of God, being a child of God, that we have been brought into a relationship with God, that I'm not just his follower, I'm not just his disciple, 
that, that, I, that I am his child. That's who I am. And I am that because I've been adopted by God. Listen, adoption is a, is a major, major thing in my life. I was adopted whenever I was a child. I have one child that I am adopting, another child that I'm trying to adopt. Adoption obviously is, is, is real for me personally in a physical sense. But the Bible says in a spiritual way that you have been adopted and brought into God's family, that you are loved, you are accepted, and in some very, very mysterious way, you were chosen. You were chosen. That's, that's, that's really the essence of what we see in concern with being a, a, or just adoption in general, but also spiritual adoption that God is, has chosen you. He's brought you uh, into his family. Here's, look at this in Romans chapter 8, verse 12 through 17 that I'll put on the screen. This also talks about how we're children, but we've received a spirit of adoption as sons or sons and, and daughters. And that the Holy Spirit inside of you says, you belong to me. The Holy Spirit of God bears witness on the inside of you that you are God's child, that you belong to him, that you are heirs of the throne room along with him. Now, the world isn't like this. The world doesn't like you to, God, the world doesn't want you to feel that you identify as a child of God and that, that you have this type of loving relationship. That's what it says in 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, our primary text today, says the world doesn't know us. The world doesn't know us. The last thing that we can do if, if we make a big mistake, the last thing that we should do is tell our children, listen, if you just follow the Lord, everything's going to be okay in your life. Really? Man, I, I don't think that these young teenagers and young people who became the apostles, they never heard that from Jesus, and many of them died a young death. The world is not going to accept our identity if we truly identify as a child of God and let the world see it. There is a measure of rejection that we're going to have in the eyes of the world. It's just, it's just, it's just part of it, and we should explain this to our children. We should understand it ourselves, that the world is not going to accept our identity. And you know who else? does not want you to accept your identity is Satan. Y'all, I've got to show you some verses. Um, I listened to a sermon this past week from another pastor. I had never seen this in the text before, and it's so amazing. Look what God said about Jesus. Matthew chapter 3, verse 16 through verse 17. Look, look, look at what it said. This was at Jesus' baptism. God the Father publicly, vocally, and visually through the Holy Spirit descending on Jesus like a dove affirmed the identity of Jesus. He said, this is my beloved son. He says, he's mine and I love him, and not just son with a little s like us, we're all sons and daughters, but sons with a big s. God spoke an identity over Christ at his baptism for all to hear. And look what happened in the ne very next verses 
In Matthew chapter 4, Satan came to Jesus and he said, if you are the Son of God. Y'all, I have never seen that in the text before. I have, ne I have never seen this identity attack that happened to Jesus right after he was identified by God. And I've, just, I've just never seen this in the text before. I've always, I've always focused on the, the temptations that Jesus faced, but this was an attack on Jesus' identity. Why did Satan want to attack Jesus' identity? Because if he could make Jesus question who he was, he could get him to sin, and he could throw his life off track he could, he, could, he could throw his life into all types of confusion and sin. But of course, of course, Jesus didn't fall for it. He fought back. But listen, this, you know, I, I believe this is how Satan wants to attack you. He wants to tell you you're not a child of God. You don't know what you've done. I mean, look what, look what you've done. Look how you've hurt people. You, nobody cares. God doesn't love you. All, that, all those verses about adoption, they apply to all the good people. You're a bad person. You're not a, you're not a child of God. He wants to question your identity as a Christian. And you know what else Satan wants to do? He wants to gather your children together, your small children, your elementary age children, your junior high and high school age children, your college age children. He wants to gather them together. He wants to attack them while they are vulnerable, and he wants them to question who they are and who God says he wants them to be. And listen, parents, he wants you to stand by idly as he does it. He wants you to just hand them that cell phone and let them be all over social media and see this fake identity of all the peers that they feel like that they want to be like. He wants you to just turn them out into the world and let, and let the world just kind of shape them. He wants you to stand idly by while he causes them to question everything that God has said in his word. Parents, are your kids worth fighting for? Are your kids worth fighting for? Parents, are your kids worth fighting for? Grandparents, are your kids worth fighting for? Our kids are worth our effort. They are worth us saying to the devil, no, you're not going to do this to my children. And so, one of the things that we can help with is to help our kids find purpose as God's child. I, I, I said a few moments ago or a few minutes ago that some of the most important questions of life are mentioned here. 1 John chapter 3, verse 2 through 3. Look at this. What we will be, we shall be like him. See, these are questions of the future. Have, have, you ever, have you ever asked your child or asked maybe a young person, what do you want to be when you grow up? Man, that's an important question. That's a deep question. That's a deep question of life. Who are you going to become? What are you going to do with your life? And it's bigger than just a job. It's bigger than just, you know, finding your place in the social structure. This is a, this is a major question of life. Well, God's Word answers a measure of that for us 
collectively, God tells us what he wants us to become in life. He wants us to live as God's children, and he wants us to be like him. What we shall be, what are we trying to be, what do we want to become? This is what we need to teach our children, that God wants you to become like him. You see, it's very simple. There's something that is broken in every human being, and it, and it happened, it's, it's all the way back in the Garden of Eden. Uh, Adam and Eve were made in the image of God. And that image was broken and marred. That image was scarred in their life. And your children, even though when they're born, they're born in the image of God, they've been made and created in the image of God, the longer they live in this world without knowing Jesus, the more that the image of God gets scarred and marred, and they look nothing like, human beings end up looking nothing like God intended for us to look. I mean, just look at all the evil in the world. We, as, as a human race, we look nothing like God wants us to look. Our goal is to look different than what we see out there. Our goal as our children begin to see the world and how it works and, and how things are is to say to them, listen, that's not what God created you to be. You look at what's happening on the news and you look at what's happening on social media and you see what's happening in your schools. That's not who God wants you to be. God wants you to be like he originally created you to be. And we've got to point them towards that, that that's who God wants us to become. First and foremost, all of us, categorically, that's who God wants us to become. But I would be remiss if I didn't say that when the Bible says that God created us, because this just strikes at the heart of, of our identity, that he made them male and female. I don't want to get on a soapbox this morning, but the Bible says clearly that God made us male and that he made us female. And this is tied to biology. I mean, it just, it, it just is. The world doesn't want to hear that. The world doesn't like the way we identify ourselves. The world doesn't like these things. But it's the way that God has created. And just, and just like how Satan attacked Jesus' identity, this is one of the identity attacks that we see on young people in our day. Well, I know you were born that way, but you can identify in a different way. No, we don't identify in a way that God has, goes against how he's created us. We, 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 don't, we don't do that. That's, that's, that's living a lie. And our young people are being, in, I don't have to tell you this, they're being inundated by this everywhere they go, in their culture, in their schools, in their peer groups, academics, news cycles. It's everywhere around us. And Satan stands back and he laughs. He laughs as, 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 as kids struggle with this. By the way, just as an aside, there is a support group for parents who have children who are struggling with gender identity here in our church. If you want some information about that, and we will be very discreet, if you want some information about that, uh, you, can, you can talk to me after service or sometime this week. The Bible says in Psalm 139 that God knit you together in your mother's womb. So who you are to become it's, it's not just this, this group mentality, we're all, all supposed to become godly. 
There's also something very specific, very personal about who God wants you to become. And sure, it's, God wants you to become a godly person, but the Bible also says that God has a vision and a plan and a will for your life. I said a moment ago, we asked kids, what do you want to do with your life? Uh, and we ask them that all the time. And when a child struggles with that, let me, let me just tell you what you need to do as a parent, what you need to do. And when your kids struggle with those things, or whenever they say things like, I think maybe I want to be a doctor. I think maybe I want to be an architect. I think maybe I want to be a school teacher. I think maybe I want to be a psychologist. I think, I don't know, I'm, maybe I'm interested in this. What you need to say as a, te- as, as a, uh, as a parent is you need to, you need to say, you need to do and you need to be whatever God calls you and tells you to be. You need to bring God into their decisions about life choices. I mean, wow. It's so simple, but yet we don't do it. We we just we 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 sometimes just leave we, we sometimes just leave this out. And I think that a lot of people say, well, I only use that if they say maybe they want to go into ministry. Well, okay, then we say, well, what's God's will? No, we're, we're, we're all called to serve God in this life. All of us should follow God's direction and discover our vocation or where we want to live or the educational institution. We, we ought to be guiding our kids to seek God's will and pray through all of these things. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. I have it for the screen for you. The Bible says that we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, saved. That's what he's talking about. Not just physically created, like Psalms 139, God knitting you together in your mother's womb. No, God, you were created in Christ Jesus. You were made a new creation. You were saved. Why? For good works, something that God has planned for you in this life. And God's not trying to figure it out on the fly. It says God prepared beforehand that we should walk. Listen, this this is a mystery. But God knew before you got saved, God knew before you were born, God knew before the foundation of the world that you would exist and that he was going to love you and he has purpose for you individually. Now he has purpose for all of us to be godly, but he has purpose individually and he has specific things in this world that he wants you to do whether you're going to be a missionary or whether you're going to be a maintenance man. God has a specific will and purpose, and it's in his mind. He already knows what it is. You may not, but God already knows. If you're struggling with that, why don't you ask him? Why don't you ask him? Listen, I'll give you an example. Acts chapter 9, verse 15 through 16. You know the guy, Apostle Paul, who wrote a lot of books in the New Testament and uh, missionary to the Gentiles? In Acts chapter 9, he had, he had a vision on the road to Damascus. And he was blind and he was moping into the city of Damascus where God, he didn't even really know what was going on. But God said something about him to a guy named Ananias 
almost right immediately as Paul got saved, God spoke to Ananias and he said, he's my chosen instrument. He's going to carry my name before Gentiles. He already knew that Paul, a Jew, was going to travel to Ephesus and Galatia and Philippi and all these other places. He already knew that Paul was going to be doing that. He already knew that he was going to carry Jesus' name before kings. Read the book of Philippians. Paul is in jail. He is giving testimony, and he is witnessing, and he is sharing the gospel in Caesar's court. That happened years after God told Ananias that it was going to happen. God even said, I'm going to show him how much he must suffer. Now, I know we don't like that, but God already knew that Paul was going to suffer. Paul talks about his sufferings, how he had been shipwrecked, he, shipwrecked, he had been beat, he had been hungry, he had gone about in rags. God knew all of that. When he got saved, he already knew. He knows the same thing about you. And see, sometimes we don't ask him. We, 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 don't, we don't embrace our identity and say, God, my purpose is to be godly. And you tell me what you want me to do. Parents, I want to encourage you to do this with your kids. Help your children find an identity as God's child, not just a member of your family. Help your children see that as God's child, they're supposed to be godly in this life. Help your children to see that God already knows in his mind what he wants them to do in this life. They must ask him and pray about it and discover it. Now, as you can see, these are not just things for children. All of us struggle with these questions. I bet some of you are still struggling with these questions, even though you've been an adult a long time. I bet some of you may still struggle with the question, am I really God's child? Is, is that my identity? I know that all of us struggle with this second, this second one, becoming godly. Am I, am I changing? Am, am I becoming more like Jesus? But how about this last one? So many people, so many people who are in their 20s, in their 30s, 40s, 50s, and beyond still struggle with this last question. Have I discovered God's will for my life? Am I doing what he has told me to do with and in my life? Where, where, where are you in this? As an adult, as a parent, where are you in this? And I guess to the point of this series, how are you going to apply this? within your plan for parenting. Now, I know that whenever we talk about topics like this, you know, this, is, this has been more of a topical series about parenting. You kind of you look for those specific things. I can walk out the door, walk into my house, open up a book, or just these specific things that I can do with my kids. Listen, you've got, you've got to be the architect of that on your own. I said this last week. Uh, you're the strategist. No one knows your children better than you. No one knows your home better than you. You have to make a plan for implementing these things. How we do it in the Parkinson house and, and how you do it in your house might be completely different. The, 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 important thing is that, the important thing is that we raise godly kids. The important thing is the outcome, not the method. You've got to discover your own method, your own tactics, your own strategy. 
And that, that requires you as a parent to pray over these things. That requires you as a parent to say, I am God's child. That requires you as a parent to say, I will become godly. I will discover God's will for my life. And then you begin to guide and teach your children to do the same. Let's stand together. Let's stand together and let's respond. Just bow your heads and close your eyes. Let's take that first question. Are you God's child? You can be adopted right now. You can be adopted right now by God. You can call on the name of Jesus and you can be brought into God's family and you can become his child. Not just a believer, not just a follower, not just a learner, not just a church attender. You can call on Jesus right now and you can be adopted into his family. Would you say, Jesus save me? Just ask him. Just say, Jesus save me. I want, I want to be more than just a Christian in name. I want to be a child of God. Maybe you've strayed from the path of godliness and you're not, you're not really walking with the Lord like you know that you need to be. Maybe you're a prodigal. Maybe you've been running away. Maybe you just, you hadn't been reading your Bible. You hadn't been praying. You hadn't been growing. You hadn't been doing what's necessary in order to grow in your faith. And you just need to ask Jesus to help you with that. Maybe you're at a point of life discovery, important decisions coming up. You just need to ask the Lord. You says, God, what, what is your will for my life? I don't know which one of these questions you need to pray about right now, but I hope that you'll just take some time right now and just ask the Lord, and then we'll sing.